And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have top-tier right-handed pitcher and 2026 Illinois baseball commit, Patty Roth, on the JKR Podcast for the Illinois Baseball Series, presented by Mind Baseball. Patty, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing tonight? Great, great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. You know, uh, I believe you will be week six of this Illinois series. So, you know, we're digging in pretty deep to here so far. You know, be, me being an Indiana kid, you know, kind of learning this whole Illinois baseball landscape. Some pretty fun so far, learning from all you top-tier guys, the King Golowski Sparks, a couple of different guys, and they mixed in there as well. So it's been really cool. Um, I believe, shoot, I mean, I've probably had half of your team here on the podcast yeah, so far. Yeah. Um, I believe this the week that your episode's gonna drop, it's gonna be you and Ethan and then Cooper Malam Dejan. I'm not sure how well you know him. He's a couple years older, but um, you know, dig try, you know, getting a lot of you guys some of this top talent in the state of Illinois on the podcast yeah. is pretty fun. So uh, you know, hopefully it's enjoyable for you guys as well. But you know, before we dig into the whole baseball side of things, I do have one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast, and that is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Roth. Yeah, so I'm a class of 2026 right-handed pitcher. I attend St. Patrick High School, and I am committed to the University of Illinois. Okay, so one thing you didn't mention there, you didn't, you didn't bring it up top tier. Let's kind of go ahead, 
dig into them there first. Kind of take us through your travel baseball experience. You know, how did you get connected with top tier, potentially some other teams you've played with in the past? Take us mm-hmm. through that travel baseball experience so far. Yeah, so um, I started playing with top tier when I was 11 years old, uh, 12, 11 years old. So uh, um, from around when I was six, started playing travel ball when I was six. And then from six up to 10U, I played in a local organization called the Edgebrook Thunder. So it's basically where I'm from. It's a small little suburb. And we would have a group of kids and we'd make a team. So it wouldn't be a, it, like really be anything too big, but um, as playing with them, I played up. So I always played with kids either a year older than me or two years older. So we would play against other normal teams like the Naperville Renegades, uh, Rosa, Rage, the Stoppers. So once I start, so the team that I was on, they moved to top tier. So I originally moved with them. Then when I turned 12, I started playing with my own age group. And then I've been on that team now. So, yeah, that's that's just a whole rundown of how I've went to top tier. And then now I'm playing my own age group. Okay, so a couple couple years back there, before you kind of went on to that national scene with top tier and were playing more on the local level, you know, what was that adjustment going from playing guys who were a year, two years older than you to moving back and kind of staying with your age group? What was that adjustment? And then also what was that adjustment going from more – regional baseball with that local team to playing with top tier when you guys are, you know, traveling to Grand Park, I'm sure traveling to the rock, potentially Mm. some places down South as well in terms of East Cobb and things like that. What was that adjustment regionally to local? I mean, sorry, locally, nationally, but also going from, you know, a couple years older to your own age group. Yes. So obviously moving to a national team is a big thing, but even though the age group was either a year or two split up, uh, I think the teams that I've been playing at my own age group and the team I'm on now is, I think it could be a little harder than what I've faced in the past, but there's been teams I've put in the past with the team that I was on with kids that were older than me and just basically kids from where I'm from. I've played some really good teams from that, uh, the coach that I had for that team, um, he actually, we actually went around a lot and some nice teams. So I've, I was very happy to have him as my coach and he, and he really put the kids on the team before than he put himself. And we were very happy with that. So even though we go to Las Vegas, Arizona with that team, I think, as me traveling now with a top tier national team, I get a lot. I I would get. I would say I get a lot more exposure than from the other team, but um, obviously play some really good, some really good kids around the whole nation. So yeah, for sure. I, I mean, think yeah. so. I think so. I think moving from there to top tier was a big thing, but it wasn't that big of a change for me. Okay, so. so- you talk about how, you know, these you've played for what top tier for, was it two summers so far? Has it been three? Yeah, three, three. Okay, two, so, three. Playing, so playing three summers with top tier, I'm sure you've had, you know, you express that gratitude for the coaches you've had in the past, but what have been some of those relationships you've been able to build with some of those top tier coaches, um, you know, kind of just take us through that. 
Yeah, the coach I have right now, Coach Plant, um, he has some really good connections with college coaches around. So every college I've gone to, every college I've talked to, Coach Plant has set me up with them. So Coach Plant has set me up with many schools and coaches around. And whenever I'd go down there for a visit or or a camp, they would always ask me about my coach. And they and the first thing they and the first thing that they knew about me was that I was playing for Coach Plant. So I think that's a big thing that happened in my whole recruiting process as having that coach by my side for whatever I need. Yeah. And I've, you know, obviously talking to you, like I talked about earlier, you, Ethan, TJ, Callahan, I think even some of the older top tier guys, you know, they're yeah. always bringing up Coach Plonk. I mean, he's a guy I yeah. definitely got to get on the show to kind of dig into his baseball oh, career yeah. and, you know, how he's becoming sure. a role model for all you different guys. So uh, he's definitely one guy that I got to have on my bucket list to get on the podcast. Sure. Um, you talk about, you know, as we kind of talk about relationships with Coach Plonk and that top tier coaching staff, let's kind of stay on the topic of relationships, kind of move that to the teammate side of things. You know, we've already named, I personally already named drop Ethan, TJ Callahan. Mm -hmm. But what are some of those relationships you're able to build with obviously guys in the state of Illinois, but potentially some guys in the surrounding states as well? Kind of take us through those relationships. Yeah, with the kids on my team, um, there's no kid on my team that I don't count as family and say it in that sense. Um, there's been kids that I've known for a lot longer on the team than I have others, but they, those kids, they all mean the same to me as whether it's, I've known them forever or since for a year. I've, I mean, I've been playing against Ethan since I was six and seven years old. So I've known him for that long. And then been playing with Addison for, for around four years. I've known him for a while known Cal for a while and known TJ for a while. And especially all the other kids on my team, even though when I first moved the top tier, it like all the kids are on my team. Now we were on the same team, but like in the whole top tier organization, I've known those kids. I It's like, I, it's like the whole organization's one family, but it's like kids from different age groups, kids from different teams, higher teams, lower teams. I've grown friendships with all of them. And that's one thing I could be thankful for, for playing for them. But yeah, and also playing against teams that maybe aren't from here in the state. But I've grown many relationships with kids down south, west, east, all that. So I think playing in the big time, like, uh, let's say like Lake Point, East Cobb, all those. I think playing against those teams and growing and then also growing relationship with those kids is also a big thing. So yeah. yeah. So you talk about how you've been playing up against Ethan now since you were what six or seven years old. You said, yeah. What's yeah. that like going from obviously with that top tier roster being lo full of guys from the state of Illinois? What's that like going from obviously teammates with them on top tier across the summer to opponents mm -hmm. in the springtime when you're playing for St. Patrick? What's that like going from teammates to opponents? Yeah, I mean, playing against the kids I play with in the summer is obviously a big change, but. It's also for me as a guy who's on the mound always, it's more of an advantage, I'd say, in my eyes, because I know like what to throw to them, what their say what their weakness is, what their strength is. So when I look at Ethan, uh, I pitched against him during this high school year and I threw him, I think, 
maybe 12 pitches in the game I threw him, I think, 11 change-ups. So, yeah. So, and the I, I think, uh, I don't know what I did. I think I walked him once, struck him out, and then I think he reached on an error. But his weakness against me was change-ups, and I started to recognize that. And I didn't throw him anything besides change-ups since, but. Because I knew if I would leave a fastball over, he's sending it. So, yeah. <laughs> for sure, I've I've I've, I've kind of heard a couple of people, different people say that, but yeah. um, you know, with that roster for top tier so loaded, obviously the twenty six classes, but even looking, like I've said, I've talked to a bunch of guys from the 24, 25 classes as well. Mm-hmm. It's looking like that top tier roster is loaded pretty much every year. Yes. You know, yes. looking at that twenty six roster entirely i guess you know i'm sure you know there's probably already what five or six power five commits i'm sure once yeah. you know, august 1st of your guys's junior year hits i'm sure there's gonna be more guys committed to some power oh, five shit. schools with those rosters being so loaded with you know position players with pitchers like yourself what are some of those conversations between you guys how are you picking each other's brains what are some of those um just i guess team meetings or practice practice mm-hmm. looking like kind of take us through how you guys are picking each other's brains as me as a PO, I'm on the bench sometimes, but as I talk with other kids on the bench, we just like try and like point out what the other team is doing. So say, but um, we, and also as a PO, I'll, I'll talk with Cal when he's on the bench. I'll talk with Sam Higgins and then we'll just like, we'll try and we'll try and recognize the guy's grip out of as he or like his grip like what his pitch sequence is all and, and all and then like all that stuff and then we like to tell the kids who hit of what you should be uh what you what you should be looking for out of the hand all and then all and then and then all that stuff but the main stuff we all kind of talk about is like mindset we all want to have a good mindset going into the game during the game but we always like if there's if there's like a kid who's down like we always try and pick a kid up so cuz as i talked about before family we're all one family on the team so we never want to see a kid down like that but as going into practices wise we can't really have too many practices cuz we're all around state or on midwest so couldn't say much on that one but the main thing we talk during games it's like where our mind is never not on the game. We, the main thing is we like to stay focused on the game. So when we're in game, we don't like to talk about things that aren't like that aren't connected to the game we're in now. Yeah. For so, sure. yeah, we just stuff that's like that we can pick out from the other team of what they do. That's just one of the big things too. Also. Yeah, so looking beyond that 2026 roster for top tier, looking at the 25, 24, I mean, I, I haven't looked much at the 23 and 22 rosters, but, yeah. you know, top tier is a very, very loaded program. You know, always, you know, always, I would probably say top 10, top 15 in the country, you know, probably yeah. top three in the Midwest. For you being a guy who's played two to three summers with that organization, what do you think has led to that success of top tier? I think it's the way we practice in the offseason. So we have our main work in the off season for top tier, or how that uh the um the complex McCook the max. 
say November, December most of the time. So it's not like split up between but it says like every your age group for a top tier goes and they all practice as one. And it's I think one of the main things about those practices that like is just like different than anything else is just the in it's just like the intent and intensity is always up with everyone. There's never a time when like there's like a coach like knocking on you or trying to have you be like be better, work harder, like they the guys there always push you and i think that's what makes kids from top tier different than anybody else from any other uh or uh organization okay but, so with yeah. sorry go ahead no 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 okay so you know with most, most organizations that are at top tiers level they do have different tiers to their organization mm -hmm. so you know yeah. you think of sparks black sparks red sparks yeah. white, canes national canes american whatever I know for top tier, there's like Canes of, I mean, sorry, there's top tier American, top tier select, whatever. I guess kind of give me the rundown on that. I really haven't been able to ask too many guys about that. What does that look like in terms of specific top tier teams? I know there's top tier Roos as well. I guess yeah. kind of give me the rundown on what exactly that is and what exactly team you, Cal, and all those different guys are on. So the team that, the team that I am with Cal, Ethan, DJ, and all them, we, the are our main team for the summer is top tier Americans. But that's like when like we all come together and we play like we went down the Lake Point to East Cobb to uh, Jupiter Ford, all of that. But when there will be a time when we go down to USA and carry North Carolina and we make it's basically a top tier super team. So this year we had seven kids from my top tier Americans team, then some kids from top tier Ruse, and then we had some other kids from like there I think there were two kids from uh Indiana Bulls, Tate Troxel and Sammy Swank came with. And then a kid from top tier Iowa, but fortunately I couldn't go because I actually got hurt this summer, so I was out for like two months. But um I went uh I went two years ago and we didn't all right, but and they get and they get the top coaches from top tier to go there and coach and we play like the top ten teams in the nation there. We it's I think it's for a week there and that's like the top top team from top tier. And then they have and they have here uh top tier north, top tier west, top tier south, then they have top tier around midwest and then Top tier Roos are from Florida down there south. And then, yeah, I mean, it's so the top tier select team is the top one. Then it's top tier Americans. And then if you're counting top tier Roos also in that mix, top tier Roos would be at the top. But as like you look at like a normal like top tier team from here in the Midwest, it would go top tier Navy, then red. And then north and then all those other like west, south, and north combined. But the main team is top tier select and top tier ruse. Okay. In the summer. So you bring up that carry event that you didn't get the chance to play with this summer, but two yeah. summers ago you did. 
You know, I had the opportunity to go down for the 25 event and, you know, it was absolutely amazing. You know, it was crazy to see, you know, all the different scouts that are there, the top level teams. I mean, I think Ethan Holiday was there. Every, you know, everyone in the, you know, level, you know, ranked one through 250, I feel like, is there at that event. Super cool event to be a part of. Another event that top tier organization, or I guess the 2026 top tier team got to be a part of, I talked with Ethan about this on Saturday, uh, was that power showcase down in Miami. I'm oh, yeah. probably your first time playing on a major league field. Yeah. Kind of take us through that experience as well, what that opportunity was like. Yeah, so two, uh, it was two summers ago um, with our old coach, Coach <laughs> Sean Kelly and Coach Biondich, who's still our coach. But we basically created this whole, like, kind of a top-tier super team, but we pulled kids that didn't play for top-tier also in it. We played at the Power Showcase in the Miami Marlins field, and um, honestly, that could though that could be the best memory in my whole baseball career, but that whole thing was all just for fun. I mean, just, just like playing and having the experience of playing on the best major, major league fields as a kid. I mean, you're never gonna you're never gonna forget that whole experience. But and also, the year before that, we also played at the Power Showcase in the Tampa Bay Rays field too, which that one was also fun. We went back to back and won both, so pretty cool experience on that one. Yeah, I'm sure. And hopefully, you know, a couple of years down the road, we might be seeing Patty Roth, Ethan Bass, and all you different guys. Uh, you know, playing on Major League Field stadiums again, but potentially for a Major League team. But, you know, Hope last so. travel baseball question here for you. You know, obviously you talk about how that power showcase was probably your favorite baseball memory. You know, let's kind of throw that to the side here. Beyond that power showcase, what would be some of those other favorite travel baseball memories that come to mind when you think back on these past couple of years? Uh, For me, I think besides the power showcase one, it would definitely be going to – Cooperstown, New York, and playing in that. But most kids from my age weren't able to play, but since I used to play up there in that time, I got to go uh, two years before 2020 and COVID hit and all that stuff. So just being there with, say, your team for a whole week playing, I think it was, I think we played nine games. Uh, they got the home run derby there and all those, like, cool things that they run for the kids that and then we also went to the hall of fame and all that stuff got to travel around new york i think i think for sure that was definitely one of the best memories i had during travel ball okay so making that transition from travel baseball to the whole high school scene i know you had your freshman year going underway this past spring take us through that freshman year maybe some of the surprises that you saw maybe the big you know oh shoot moment when you realize okay i'm playing high school ball against guys who are a couple years older than me Take us through your freshman year and kind of what that experience was like. Yeah, so my freshman year, um, I would say it was a roller coaster, but um, as soon as I got on the varsity team, I had a lot of friendships already because my freshman year, I also played football. So a lot of football players played baseball too. So I, so I instantly clicked and fit in with all the guys, but um during that year i had some pretty good moments and some maybe some down moments but uh the one thing that really made me realize is that i'm playing high school ball is when i 
got the start. Um, I got the start a few days after that I committed to a U of I, but I got the start against Naz, and that was a very big game. But got the start against Naz, obviously going into that they were the number one team in the state. Their their team is loaded, but um, yeah, I mean going into that game, uh, I didn't really think much of myself, but I actually had a pretty good I, uh, pretty good performance. I think it was. Five innings, one earned run, two hits, one walk. I think it was something like that. So, that's what made me. That's what made me realize that like, I can compete with, even though these kids are older than me, I can compete with the teams with the top teams in the state. And then another big game was in, I think it was a sectional semifinals going into playoffs. We were playing Notre Dame High School. Uh, there are they are our biggest rivals. So obviously, I uh I go to an all boys school, and that's the other all boys school from around where I live, and it's known as one of the biggest rivals in the state. So, um, I closed the last three innings of the game, and during the regular season, we lost them. So, I could say I was pretty nervous, but. I shut them down for three innings, and then we went to the sectional finals. So that was another big moment during my high school season. Yeah, so going through that freshman year, you know, having that opportunity to face that number one team in the state, I believe they ended up becoming back-to-back championship yeah, champions, yeah, state champions did. as well. Um, So you going through a tough outing like that, you know, going and facing another great team and closing them out, you know, I'm sure there was – you know, you talk about how it was a roller coaster season – what were who were some of those you know maybe juniors and seniors some of those upperclassmen that maybe took you underneath their wing kind of showed you the ropes of high school ball you know with you kind of going through your first time playing high school in the in long spring season you know playing in that cold weather mm-hmm. uh, maybe that you know Illinois has to Illinois and the rest of the Midwest has to deal with who were yeah. some of those guys that kind of took you underneath their wing on that St. Patrick team. The one main guy who was a senior last year, his name was Mikey Wynn. Uh, he's now playing club ball at Grand, at Grand Canyon University. So he really took me under my wing or under, say, under his wing. But um, I've grown into a more of – he's more of like a brother to me. So um, me and him, uh, the first practice – uh, we were throwing partners and we were throwing partners for the whole year. And then as I grew closer with him, uh, it's, it's more of like, there's, it's, it's like, it's not like you shouldn't, you take, you only grow into one friendship as a upper class when you're a freshman, sophomore, blah, blah, blah. I've grown into a, I've grown into a bond with, kids that were older than me last year and kids that have graduated last year, but it's the relationships that will be friendships forever for those kids. But at school I go to, um, it's more of like a brotherhood for the, for any team in the school. And I'd say for, I'd say for my high school team and for the kid or upper classmen last year, it's more of a family than any baseball team I've been a part of, but that was the that was the main kid who took me under his wing during the year last year. Or so and I still, and I still talk to him like I did. 
last year throughout the days. So okay, so being a, with Lombardi still. So yeah. So being a freshman last year who seemed to get the ball in some of those biggest moments of the season, yeah. with you going through one full year and having one year of varsity experience underneath your belt, how do you see yourself maybe evolving? on the field this upcoming year for your sophomore season, but also off the field as a leader, how do you see yourself kind of expanding from this freshman season, good freshman season you had in uh, 2023? Yeah. I mean, I see myself expanding in many ways due to, I already have a lot of, I could, or say I, I, I like already have like a lot of experience up on varsity already. So, um, I I could say this year I'm I'm not gonna have any nerves going into games. I'm gonna be more myself on the mound, all and all, and then all that stuff. And I and I and I just think like not having any nerves or being calm on the mound, being yourself. That's just gonna that's just gonna make. I'm I think that's gonna make my attributes all boost up and make me just like the better version of myself on the field and off the field. All right. So you talk about how you kind of see yourself evolving and building on that great freshman year, but like kind of looking ahead, you know, team wise to this 2024 spring for St. Patrick, you know, what are some of those expectations for the St. Patrick high school baseball club? Yeah. Um, going into the 2024 season, we have, we actually have a new coach going off of, we, we didn't have too, we didn't have too good of a season last year, but, uh, we actually have a we actually have a new whole, uh, a whole new staff. So I think I think that this year will definitely be a way better year than we had last year. Um, I think the coaching will be better too, also. But and if you look at the pitching rotation we have, um, I could say we have one of the more of the top pitching rotation stations in the state in my opinion but i think as just as a whole team uh our whole team's mindset where it's going to be a lot different this year but or and also overall as a team i think we're just going to be way better than we were last year so it's more of a it's more of a rebuilding year this year and if you want to look at it that way but i think we're going to have a way better season than we did last year so having a whole new coaching staff in that dugout running that St. Patrick team, what are some of those biggest adjustments you've had to make so far within fall baseball? And then kind of what are some of those adjustments you think and you're going to have to make on the fly once that season gets started in the spring? Yeah, so obviously making new friendships during school hours and after school, before school with the new coaching staff is a big thing. But um. I think I think it's going to be a great season with him but I think there's going to it's it's just going to be a whole different thing um having to learn like his ways of say his his ways of being a coach and coaching this team that's that's obviously going to be a big thing of obviously making up your mind on the spot but going off last year I mean the coaching experience was it wasn't horrible, but it could have been a lot better. So I think we're going to be pushed a lot. I think we're going to be pushed a lot more this year. So that's also going to be another thing that I'm going to, that the uh, whole team is going to have to change. So, yeah. 
Okay, so you talk about that outing you had against Nazareth, and I guess that one of your fellow podcast weekend guests, Cooper uh, Malamajan, is also on that team. So uh, I'm sure you had to face him a couple times. But you know, you talk about Nazareth, you know, the eventual back-to-back state champions. You know, looking at your area of the state of Illinois, what's that competition level looking like? You know, how often are you facing another Power Five commit? You know, wh- what are some of those hitters looking like in your area in your conference? Give us the rundown on what that competition level looks like in your area of Illinois. Yeah, so I um, there's been a lot of kids that I've faced or kids on my team have faced that are really good. I mean, uh, take a look at Pravi Enzo Fuis, great hitter. Uh, he actually took his yard this year during the during the uh, year. I don't think I've ever seen a ball hit harder, but um. Also, looking at a bunch of kids on NAS, obviously there's multiple kids that are already going to play at schools. Uh, the uh, I don't know the kid's name, but he's going to Indiana. It might 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 uh, might be the kid that you named, but um, then obviously at the Paul, they've got some they've got some good kids too. Luke, he's going to Appalachian State. Luke Goldwyn, he's good, and then. I wish that we were able to play Mount Carmel, but we're not. So we'd be able to play TJ and some kids. But for as looking at our schedule during the years, during the season that we have to play, I think we're in the hardest schedule in the in the state. But obviously we go, we play Naz, we play Providence, we play DePaul, we play Bennett, we play all those good teams and so obviously it's gonna be hard to make a state or good playoff run but i think for uh i think for this year we'll be able to to compete against those top teams yeah for sure so you talk about some of those tough teams that you had to face uh just in your area and some of those teams that you guys have to face on a year-to-year basis like DePaul, bennett you know i keep i know i keep bringing up nazareth but when you win you know back-to-back state champions you're kind of you know should be talked about a little bit you know, mm-hmm. you being a guy who is obviously the youngest on your uh, St. Patrick team, freshman, playing guys who are juniors and seniors, what's tougher? When you're playing high school ball, playing guys who are a couple years older than you, or when you're playing travel baseball, when you're playing guys of your age group, obviously the talent and the projectability and the ceiling may be higher in travel baseball. I guess what's tougher and what's that adjustment going from high school ball to, I know you said you didn't play too much this past travel season, but what's that adjustment going from high school to travel? Um, I think it's a little bit more tough playing high school ball because, I mean, when you're a kid that has some hype, I mean, you're going to be hearing a lot of chirps during that through games, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's a little bit more rough in high school. Also playing kids that are 17 years old, could be 18 years old, blah, blah, blah. But And then also I think during summer ball, it's like it's more when I'm on the mound. It's like I'm like – I'm, it's like I'm more calm in the mound during summer ball than I am high school ball. But and I mean during summer ball, I mean I feel like I could just play loose. I I don't get really like nervous or anything during summer ball. But I'll get a little bit nervous during high school ball when I'm when I get put in for a big game that could maybe cost us the season or something like that, or could depend on me if we win or lose the game. But thing just for those reasons it's why i'm a it's why high school balls are a little bit more rough for me at times 
Okay, so you talk about how in high school ball you're getting a little bit of chirps there. I'm sure there might be some teams that are, you know, maybe talking a little bit of crap towards your way, you know, throwing you some shade. Yeah. Um, you talk about how you did commit there, I believe, in the middle of your freshman season, yeah. being one of those few guys in that class of 2026 who had the, you know, opportunity to commit before that new rule came into effect. What yeah. what did some of those chirps look like? You know, how often was it? You know, what were some things that people were saying? If you if you even can't say it on air. Uh, what was what were some of those chirps and some of that shade being thrown your way? Yeah, so the main game when I was getting chirped was obviously against our rival Notre Dame. Um, uh, the first inning it was a pretty rough inning. I think I let up three runs during that first inning, so they were just saying stuff about all uh, like fake commit, all that, blah blah blah. But uh, especially during those games against that rival those games always get really really rowdy so i wasn't really paying attention to those trips but they were definitely in the back of my mind well well i was throwing them when i played naz too also um i think i we i think we played naz the day after i committed so i was uh, i was getting some shade thrown at me during that game too but not as bad as uh, the uh, notre dame game so being a guy who did commit there your freshman year, you know, you're what, probably six or seven months into that commitment. Now, let's go mm-hmm. ahead. Let's dig through that recruiting process. What landed you there? Staying home, going to Champaign, going to Illinois. Take us through that recruiting process. You know, when was it that it got started for you? When was it that some of those coaches and programs started reaching out? Yeah, so um, I've been talking with University of Illinois for a while now. Um I believe it was like a year and a half ago when I first started talking to them. Um, got I actually got the coach's number from Ethan, and um, I actually texted him, coach the uh, the assistant coach, coach uh, coach Chris. I like texted him all my information, blah blah blah, and then said I was gonna call him in thirty minutes, and then I called him, and then he answered the phone. He was actually in the car on the on the uh way back from PBR future games. So that was our first and that was like our first real phone call. And then and then after that he started coming to my games and then and then he saw me as a player. Um I actually never went down there for a camp yet, but I've gone there. I've it's like I, you could say an unofficial say unofficial say unofficial visits, I guess, but I've gone there. I've seen the campus, all that, and then, I mean, I've and then, um, University of Illinois is one of my top school during this whole recruiting process that I uh like the most. So, it all just came down to like the coaching staff. Uh, if I think I would fit in there, and I think that I found the right school, and I've. And I've landed at home. So that's okay. just some of the main reasons. Okay. So with that recruiting process getting started there around the futures games of 2022, before mm-hmm. you're pretty pretty much even stepping foot in a high school classroom, yeah. you're talking yeah. about where you're going to college. Take mm-hmm. us through, what, through those first couple phone calls, you know, what's going through your mind and when was it that it kind of sunk in that, you know, the dreams of you playing Division One baseball might be coming a reality there pretty soon? Yeah, so the first few phone calls, um, I uh, I I I was kind of just like really like trying to wrap my 
head around to the fact like this could be where I'm going to school and this is and really like my dreams can be really coming true. So, and obviously talking to a D1 coach before you even step foot in a, in a uh, high school could be kind of weird, but I think as going on and after I had a few calls, I started to get more comfortable with the staff, um, started talking about things that didn't even involve baseball and some of the calls. So that's when it like really, and that's when it really, uh, that's when it really hit me that uh, University of Illinois could be home for me. Yeah. So going through some of those initial conversations with that Illinois coaching staff, potentially maybe some other schools that were reaching out as well. What did some of those initial conversations look like? You know, what were some questions that you were asking the coaching staff? What were some questions they were asking you to kind of get to know you off the field? Kind of how were those conversations rolling? Yeah. So the main, so the main conversations that I like to look back on were the conversations that I had with the pitching coach Mark Allen from years from uh uh from uh U of I. So the first call we had, um, I sent him a video of me throwing in a bullpen. This was before that I was already committed there, but um. It was a it was about a six second video of me throwing a bullpen during high school season. And I think we and I think we reviewed that video for over and I think we reviewed that six second video for over an hour. So that's when it really hit me that like I really like this guy and I think that this guy can be the one for me to lead me through my college baseball experience. Okay, so you said University of Illinois was kind of always on the top there. I'm sure it might have been, yeah. you know, a school that you rooted for growing up, potentially a dream school there. But as you're going through, you know, I'm sure you probably didn't commit this, the exact moment you got that offer. So what were some of those, you know, key things that you were looking for? You know, maybe getting there on campus, looking around, mm -hmm. potentially waiting on some other schools, trying to hop into that recruiting process as well. What were some of those key things that you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, the the one main key thing that I was trying to look for is is just like what school am I going to fit in the most? It's not as through my eyes, it's not about like who's like, oh, like the top ranked team in the country. Well, it's like more of like a fit and it's not all about sports. Obviously it's about sports, but more wise academics also and obviously University of Illinois is in the top 15 for academics in the nation. So that also played a uh, big role. But looking for the school that I wanted to go to is where I would fit in and if I would play as soon as I got there. So when I went down there, I went down there with my dad and I got access to all the facilities, blah, 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 and all that. And then I actually got to go on the field while they were actually running one of their midday practices. So, and the, and I've got to talk to every single coach, some of the guys who actually play there now, and all those guys played a big role and made me feel at home. And when I got home, that's when I decided I really wanted to go there. So after going down there once, that's when I really decided that I – that I uh, chose, uh, that I chose U of I to be my home. Okay, so committing there shortly after that first time stepping on foot in Champaign, 
I guess, what was that final click that made you feel at home, made you feel comfortable committing to U of I, staying home? What was that final click? Yeah, I mean, that that final click was definitely the connection I had with the assistant coach, Coach Christ. I mean, I, I, I don't think I could ask for a more understanding and a better coach than to go there than coach Chris. So he was the main option that I, that he was the main these, uh, sorry, but uh, damn messed up there, but <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so the final click that made me go there was for sure. The assistant coach, coach Chris, um, he kind of took me under his wing the first time he met me. Um, first time I met him, I um he's not only just a coach, but he also acted like almost like as a friend to me. So he's one of the main. He's one of the main. He's one of the main. Uh, he's one of the main reasons I chose a uh, University of Illinois. Okay, so you talk about Coach Chris. I mean, you're not the first guy. Obviously, I've had Ethan on here. There was another guy I had on who's a U of I commit who, you know, just Braden, said nothing uh, great Braden, things. Yeah, Braden Mazzucano. Yes, yep, Mazzucano. Um, You know, all three of you guys have said great things about Coach Chris. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. assuming that he has to be a great guy. But, you know, when you talk about those relationships you have with that Illinois coaching staff, obviously right now – can't really talk to him because of that new NCAA rule. Yeah. But kind of give us the rundown on what that relationship looks like, you know, how this kind of rule has affected it and what you're looking forward to most for August 1st of your junior year there in what would it be next uh next fall. Um so yeah, guess, next... what's that excitement moving ahead to August 1st as well? So I mean the uh the connection I've made with the staff there in whatever time period it was was a year. I mean it was crazy. I mean um, I would treat that staff as more of my friends than coaches as of right now, but the connections I've made with them is crazy. But, um, I mean, the new rule that made, I'm also looking forward to like, finally being able to talk on the phone, going down there and talk to him also in person after what a year and a half it's going to be from now. But, um, I'm mainly also excited for just to like grow more of a uh grow even more of a can uh can uh connection with the staff there also. Okay, so stick it on the topic of relationships. Obviously, Illinois has done a pretty darn good job when it comes to recruiting yeah. in state yeah. for that class of twenty twenty six so far. You know, you Addison Latko, Joey Ireland, Ethan Bass, who we've talked about a lot here so far on the podcast. You know, what are your relationships with those guys? I know Ethan Addison played top tier with you. Not too sure about Joey, but what are your relationships with that 26 class, 25, 24, potentially some guys on campus already? What are those relationships with your future Illini teammates looking like? Yeah, so obviously I've been best friends with Addy and Ethan for the past four years, but I've been starting to grow a relationship with Joey also. I saw him a few times and I've, Talked to him a few times, so trying to grow a good close relationship with him. Um, haven't I haven't really grown a relationship with any of the older guys who are going there, but um, I just know when I get there and I'm gonna start 
and as soon as I see them there or whenever I see them, I'm going to just, uh, and I'm just going to click on the spot for sure. But, um, haven't really had a chance to grow a connection with the players that are there now, but, um, yeah, that's about all for that. Okay, so with that 2026 class, obviously, you know, we talk about the, you know, great four in-state recruits they have already. Recruiting mm -hmm. class isn't done yet. Obviously, I'm sure August 1st of next year that, you know, Illini coaching staff is going to be all, all over the place recruiting yeah. guys to be fresh, to be in your recruiting class. You know, for you being a guy playing for a great team like top tier, going down to, you know, showcase it, so going down south to play in you know, the big time mm -hmm. tournaments with other great uncommitted players. Are you working as a recruiter in a way, trying to get some guys there to uh, champagne there your freshman year? Yeah, so um, I've been actually working with kids that are class of 2025s to go there. Um, I have a few kids that that I know that I'm actually pretty close with going to a camp there. I think it's next weekend. I'm also going down also, but. Even when I'm playing down south with kids against my age, blah, 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 I mean, I'm frequently talking high about uh, the uh, staff there and all that. So I'm just trying to get the name out there to kids that I think would also fit in there. So and that would be great ball players to uh, get there. But it's, yeah, so I'm just trying to get the name out there to kids who I think who would be a great fit to go there. Okay. So, you know, as you get there to that next level, you know, even though that is what a little less than three years away for you, yeah. Um, yeah. you being a PO, where do you kind of see yourself in the long term? I know you talk about in high school where you've, you know, started on the mound. You've also, you know, came in and closed as well. Long term, where do you kind of see yourself, uh, you know, starter reliever wise? Um, where do you kind of see yourself in the future? Yeah. Long term, I would seem, I would for sure see myself as a starter. But um, there'll be some times where I'll be pulled into uh, pulled into close the game or go the last three innings. But I think I'm for sure. I think I just do better when I'm starting the game. I mean, usually when I start the game, I I usually don't go more. I usually don't go less than five innings. I think that's what it was for the summer. My my uh my lowest amount of innings was five, so I feel like I'm just more consistent on the mound when I start. So I in the future I see myself as being only a uh, starter on the mound. Okay, so with you being a guy for you know this past high school season again, you went in, you had a couple games where you did throw those last three innings compared to starting. What's that adjustment going from starter to a reliever? What's the warm-up difference? Is there a certain way you go about warming up as a reliever compared to a starter? What's that looking like, and what are those adjustments going from a starter to a reliever? Yeah, so obviously when you have the start for the game, you have a lot more time to do your bands, do your do your bands, plyos, get stretched out, hips, all that stuff. So going from – a also a reliever to a starter. I think it I think it's gonna and I think it's gonna boost on my game a lot. Um I'm gonna have a lot more time to get my body right before the game, make sure I did my band, my uh the sets for my plyo balls and all that stuff. So and more is when you go in for a relief of a game, it's more on a short notice. So Everything you do is all rushed. So 
going into, you might not have the best mindset or something like that. So I think going from a, a reliever to a starter is going to uh, improve my game a lot. Okay, so when you are up there on the mound, kind of take us through what that pitching repertoire is looking like. You know, what's that fastball? What are some of those secondary pitches? Take us through what that repertoire looks like. Yeah, so um, obviously my fastball is very nice. I've been up to 90, so I sit, as of right now, I'm more 86, 88, top of 89, 90. So, and for sure, I think my best pitch I throw is my changeup. Um had a lot of compliments on my changeup. Uh, I'll throw my changeup to anybody that want to face it, and I think I have more confidence in my changeup than they have. But um, then I right now I have a three pitch mix. I might start mixing a two seam, but I'm a four seam slider changeup, and the I have my most confidence in my fastball changeup. Starting to get more confidence in my slider. That's uh, that's one of the main things I have to work on as of right now. But if I could get my slider down, um, I think I'll be more so unstoppable during this next upcoming season. Okay, so as you go about developing that slider, you said you might be adding a two-seam fastball as well. Yeah. How do you go about that? You know, How do you go about adding a pitch to your repertoire? How do you go about developing it once it's already a part of it? Take us through what those are looking like. Yeah, as I start developing new pitch or trying to improve on a pitch, I'm always messing with grips. But there's there's never a time where you shouldn't be messing with grips. As you start messing with grips, you can find something new. You can find something that has more spin, find something that has more drop or more down-in and movement, down-and-out movement. So as I'm looking to improve or get a new grip on a ball to throw a new pitch, um, I'm a, I'm just always looking for things that could that could like work better for me when I'm throwing. All right. So when you are kind of going about development, I know this offseason is going to be huge for you. You talked about before we started recording. Kind of take us through the plan for the offseason. I know you said right now it's led a little bit of a deload phase, you know, going mm -hmm. through pitching. I think you I think you said throwing once a week, throwing once every two weeks, whatever. Take us through the development you're thinking about this offseason, your arm care as well, going through the deload process, ramping back up here in a couple months. What's that whole arm care situation and the development looking like this offseason? Yeah, so for this offseason, the main focus I'm trying to focus on is getting to move faster. And if you start to move faster, everything will improve. But trying to get stronger, trying to move better into my body since I'm still growing a lot. And that could also be a big thing. But um, during my arm care process, um, I do, I do, um, I do a lot of internal, external plyo balls. Um, and then at the place where I train fastball USA, we go through like a whole arm care deload process and um that um that then that usually gets that uh that usually gets my arm feeling very good so i think during that whole process that i do at fastball you would say with my whether it's bands plyo balls movements all that stuff i think that's gonna play a big role in this next upcoming season okay so when it comes to the mechanics you know whether this is from the stretch, whether this is from the windup, take us through what those mechanics are looking like for you when you're on the mound. Yeah, so 
for me, my um, I uh, I usually get really far down in the mound. So when I get more down in the mound and I have a strong plant leg, and that just creates more force into the ground, which will make me improve on everything. So, and the other main thing I'm trying to focus on during my mechanics is my hip shoulder separation between my arm and between my right arm and my left hip. And the more separation you have is just the better. If you, I mean, if you want to say, and that plays a big role on, uh, on how on how on how my ball moves, the miles per hour, all that stuff. So, I'm more of a tall, lengthy kid, so I like to get really far down the mound. So, it's just more of staying compact in my body and moving as fast as I can down the mound and creating as much force that I can. Okay, so gonna be my last baseball question here for you. Looking at your game's entirety, you know whether that's from the stretch, whether it's from the windup, maybe holding on base runners, potentially even, you know, coming out of the bullpen compared to starting the game. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself? Um, Personal, I'd say I would write up as that I'm very calm on the mound and I don't really let anything face me. I'd say um, as of I think having a calm mindset on the mound could be the most important thing for a pitcher to do. So in my mind, I just try and just like sing a song while I'm throwing. That's what gets my whole mind and body calm. So, yeah, that's just uh, I think that would be the main scout report I'd write on myself. Okay, so moving into my last segment here for you, like I said, like digging into the personal side here to end it off. First off, passions beyond the game of baseball. Let's say you got to go cope with some stress, take your mind off of something. What are some of those passions? What are some of those hobbies that you have beyond the game of baseball? Um, One of the – if I would have to put down the glove, put down the ball, and get my mind off stuff, I think I'd go to the driving range with uh, some of my friends. That's one of the main things that uh gets my mind calm. So, yeah. All right, you know, uh, most people like say like saying they're playing golf, but you know, I'm more of a a driving range guy type type oh, of guy. Yeah. You know, don't oh, have yeah. to worry about going around the whole golf course. All you got to do is just swing as hard as you can and try to you know la- launch that launch that golf ball as far as you can. But because uh, when I yeah, because when I usually play normal golf, it's an, it's yeah. uh it's just not good. So <laughs> yeah, it's not not too good for me either. That's no. kind of why I stick to the driving yeah. range and let my let my buddies go play around a golf. And yeah, I'll, I'll stay. I'll stick back. But uh, moving from passions to motivations, you know what is that that helps you get out of bed every morning? Helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person. What would be some of those motivations? Yeah. Um. The main the main motivation I have is just make people proud. So. Um, the main, the main, the, the main thing that I just want to make my dad proud. He's, he's just, he's just like always been the guy who has, uh, I'd say pushed me my hardest for, I'd say since I was around four years old, I started playing T-ball, all that stuff. And, uh, he's always been there for me through my baseball process. So my whole motivation on that and, it's 
maybe not even four based while well, just everything I do in life is just around him. So it's like my whole motivation. Okay. So let's take that a little bit further. Let's say years down the road, you make your dad proud 20 years down the road when you are, what would that mid thirties or so Yeah, thing goes right for you. You make your dad proud. What does that perfect picture look like? Perfect picture is that I'm in the MLB He's at one of my games, and I surprise him with a new Corvette. He's always, he's always wanted, he's always wanted a vet. So if I could ever surprise him with a vet, that would be amazing. Okay. So. All right. You know that's like the one sports car uh, out of the American brands that kind of aren't going to the wayside. You know they got Chargers, Challengers going away, but that Corvette's staying. So you know what? Definitely a yeah. definitely a good, a good uh, sports car to have. Always. But um, I got six more questions here for you, man. Going to ask them in a rapid fire setting. Um, three mm-hmm. sets of two questions here. So first yeah. set, coolest contact in your phone. You're scrolling through those contacts. Who would be that coolest contact that not too many people have? And then go to playlists. You know, let's say you're making a, you know, a long drive. Maybe you're driving down to Atlanta, whatever. What are you throwing on the, what are you throwing on the speakers? Whether that's genre, singer, podcast, what's that go-to playlist looking like? Let's see. Uh I gotta scroll through my contacts. I don't even know what would be my favorite. But um I think the coolest contacts would be um let's see. Probably Dan Santucci. You might know him, but he's actually the president of my high school and he played uh some years in the uh and he played years in the uh, NFL with the Bengals, so and he played at um played college football at no uh, University of Notre Dame, so I I don't really have too many famous people in context, but that could be possibly one of them. And then for my pregame playlist or playlist I'm always playing is would definitely be my probably be my country playlist. For sure. Okay, what's on that country playlist? You a big like uh new school with Morgan Wall and Luke Combs? You like throwing it back to like Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, or you throwing it even back further with like Alan Jackson and those type of guys? Uh, I'll throw it back, but I'm not gonna throw it too far back. But uh, uh, I'll throw some. Let's see, I'll throw some Luke Bryan in there. I'll throw some Luke Combs. I'll throw some Zach Bryan, Hardy. Um, started listening to Sam Barber recently. If you know him, he's good. And then I also like, uh, and then another guy like this, it was Cole Swindell. So that's just my main country artist. I, uh, like okay, so you said what Sam Barber is one of the other yeah. guys. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go look him up here after the podcast, kind of check out yeah. some of his music. Yeah. But, uh, second set of two questions here for you, man. Um, let's say I'm taking a trip or, you know, whoever's taking a trip to your area of Illinois, what would be some of those recommendations you have for them? Restaurant wise, maybe just casual things to do. What would be some of those recommendations? And then you have dinner, three people dead or alive who would be at that table. So if you're coming where I live, one of the main things you got to do is try the restaurant Gene and Jude's. It's a pretty famous it's pretty. I'd say it's a pretty famous restaurant over here. It's been here for, and I I'm not sure how long, but it's been here for quite a long time. And if I could have dinner with three people that are alive, uh, 
I think one would be, let's see, um, I think one would be Ted Williams. Then number two would be George Washington. Then three, and I didn't really, and then God, if God would count, I eat dinner with God too. So, okay, that's a those, big, those, big party of people, people there, you know, talking to Ted Williams, who, you know, pitcher yeah. talking to a hitter. You know, I'm, I guess you might be kind of digging into a hitter's mindset, yeah. but you know, you, you'd be throwing against them. And then you know, George Washington is not too bad. And obviously, God's you no know, good guy to have at that table too. But, mm-hmm. um, last two questions here for you. TikTok for you, Paige, you're scrolling through that. You, you know, you log on to the app, you're scrolling through. What are some of those videos looking like? And then final question, Dream NIL brand. You get the champagne there in three years from now, have that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that Dream NIL brand to partner, collaborate, or endorse? All right. Uh, I have a pretty – I uh, it's a variety of on my for you page for TikTok. I'd see sports stuff. Um, I'd see like clips of movies and all that, and I'll like start scrolling through like part ones and part twos of the clips of the movies for like thirty minutes each time. But it's mainly sports. Some um, say some funny videos and then clips of movies, and then my dream and I do would definitely be Nike. Love to be sponsored by Nike and have an NIL deal from them. Okay, you know Nike's a pretty pretty darn good brand. Yeah. Obviously, if you're a athlete partnered with them, you know you got to be doing something right within your career. But yeah, uh, that's that's the final question here for you on the podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, as you, I know you said sure. you're not really too, doing too much here this fall, but as you kind of look ahead to you know that sophomore spring, sophomore going into your junior summer and beyond that as well, when you're stepping foot on Champagne, hopefully years beyond that as well, man. I do want to wish you the sure. best of luck. But again, man, Thank just you. appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, 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 for sure.